Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. 8,000 colleagues from the highways and transport industry are at the NEC Hall 1 in Birmingham for Highways UK. And this is Highways Voices, sponsored by Reflow, Kia Highways, Causeway Technologies, Navtech Radar and Swarco. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So hello from Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum here looking at day one at Highways UK. We've got Nick Harris to come and his opening thoughts at the keynote address this morning plus chatting to uh, thought leaders and exhibitors here at Highways UK. Um, Adrian, close of day one, what a buzz around the place. It really is proof that exhibitions are back and uh, very, very important to our industry. Well, the theme of this um, this event's always been roads for a connected Britain and I, and I think what the organisers have got right here is they really know how to connect with their audience, with the visitors. So I think every aisle you've been down today from sort of eight o'clock onwards, especially around lunchtime, you know, has really been busy. All the content theatres have been busy and full. One of the areas that's, that's really impressed me, and you'll hear in a minute from uh, some of the chats I've had in it, is the, the startup area, which has given new and emerging companies a real opportunity to connect with, with visitors of the show. So yeah, it's been really impressive. Well, we've been gathering loads of material and we'll gather more tomorrow as well, which means we're not going to be able to squeeze it all into the podcast this week. But uh, I think, you know, the longevity of the conversations that we're having, we're going to be seeing the, uh, the value of what's on show today for years to come. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is you know, the start of, of many relationships. This is the start of the journeys for many companies in terms of explaining what their technology concepts and services is really about. There's a lot of companies here that I've seen for the first time. That's been one of the good things about this industry is, um, you know, for, for, for so long it's been working a certain way. And in the last decade, we've seen a real step change to encouraging and, and making use of, of, of technology. Well, Nick Harris opened the keynote uh, theatre this morning at Highways UK. Let's get a flavour of what the CEO of National Highways had to say. So how are we performing against the challenges that were originally laid out by the government for this very ambitious uh, RIS2 road strategy? Last year, we published our Net Zero Highways Carbon Plan. And that is an ambitious plan to achieve net zero carbon for ourselves, for our construction and maintenance work, and of course ultimately for the uh, tailpipe carbon that we all produce. We've committed to annually measuring our progress against this target, and together we've been turning this plan into reality. And I'm enormously proud of all of the work that I've seen so far and the initiatives that we're putting in place to make this become a reality. And I've seen some great initiatives around more recycling uh, of road surface material, increasing use of electric vehicles and plant, and now we're seeing the increasing use of low carbon materials. We do know that we've got a long way to go, but this matters, and we have made a solid start. We also published um, our digital roads plan, which addresses digital design and construction, digital operation, and digital for customers, how we're going to share data 
and facilitate and enable everyone's journeys in a much better way. And it's two years since the Transport Secretary um, published the Smart Motorways Action Plan. And we've delivered a number of really important uh, commitments since then, putting in stop vehicle detection, all existing, all lane running smart motorways, increasing technology across all of our roads, but there is more to do. And we're constantly raising the bar when it comes to the safety of everyone on our networks. Amongst all of the opportunities and challenges that we're thinking about, um, one is a focus on quality. And the way that I'm looking at this is very similar to the way we approached health and safety. So how can we marble this into everything that we do? And I'm convinced if we get our approach to quality right, this opens up the opportunity for more efficiency and productivity savings, greater safety improvements through better planning and consideration of what we're doing, and not to mention a much better customer experience, so shorter roadworks, um, and assets when we've built them that last longer and require less intervention. So we're carrying out a systematic review of how we do this, we're looking at how we will drive improvements, how we will measure it, and understand that we're driving these improvements. And I'm looking at how we can collaborate together to understand and to learn from each other how we can work on this and achieve these improvements. And finally, looking to the future. So over the recent months, we've been working on with, uh, with a wide range of stakeholders on a number of documents that will be published shortly. They include our initial report on the SRN, which kicks off the, the whole process for looking at the next road period. So we're looking at potential improvements and things we can be doing in the third road period. We're also, we'll be publishing our route strategy overview reports, which provides a snapshot of the potential improvements we can make or make on more than 20 um, strategic routes. And then we're refreshing um, our Connecting the Country, which is our long-term master plan for the strategic road network, looking forward out into the middle of the century. So uh, DFT will begin its RIS3 consultation based on our initial report when it's published. And I guess I'm not revealing any big secrets when I say we will need to focus on finishing the projects we've started in this road period balancing the need to enhance the network with the need to look after the existing assets we have, many of which were built in the 1960s and 1970s. So looking after them is as important for the economy as delivering new schemes. And then looking at smaller schemes, smaller improvements that will help us to achieve safer and more reliable journeys, but will have huge benefits for local communities. And of course, continue to focus on ever safer and more reliable journeys across the network we look after. And looking even further into the future, we need to look at what our society's needs going to be in 2050. Traffic volumes and population growth will continue. And whilst we do promote the use of public transport, active travel and intermodal travel and further integration, the freedom of personal transport is highly valued. And most journeys do take place on the roads that we look after and local roads. 
And the way that we're shopping online has permanently changed um, the way that distribution logistics work and will work into the future. But we need to focus on the need to decarbonize transport. And with our focus on our decarbonization plan, in the medium term, by the 2030s, if we achieve um, the results that are set out in uh, Carbon Budget 6, road will become a low carbon uh, solution. And we can also, thinking about other environmental impacts, have a hugely beneficial impact on biodiversity. We are one of the 10 largest landowners in the country. So we have a responsibility of guardians of our soft estate to promote biodiversity and the connectivity of habitats across the country. And technology will continue to make its inevitable improvement in the way we operate and work. Our digital roads vision sees us continuing to harness technical innovations to make our roads even safer, our operations more efficient, and our customers' journeys more reliable and more enjoyable. And finally, we need to be achieving, as I mentioned earlier, better integration with local authority roads, the rail network, ports, and airports. And while doing all of this, doing what we can to support active transport. So now is a really important time for our industry. We all have huge ambitions to support and help the economy grow. We will be start, starting soon the consultation on the next road period. So there's no better time, I think, to be making the case for investment in our sector now and into the future. We are truly world-class in our highways engineering, safety, and environmental performance. And quite rightly, we should be very proud of everything we do. So have a great show, and I look forward to meeting many of you later on. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Highways UK. You're listening to Highways Voices, thanks to the sponsorship of Reflow, Kia Highways, Causeway Technologies, Swaco, and Navtech Radar. And, of course, Nick Harris mentioned uh, one of the successes of National Highways over the last year is their deployment of uh, stop vehicle detection. And, of course, that deployment has come thanks to the hard work of Navtech Radar. And so I'm joined by uh, ITS product manager Seb Borkut of Navtech Radar. And Seb, you must have, uh, well, it must have warmed the heart to hear a uh, nice thing said by Nick Harris. Yeah, I think uh, we've been very aware, obviously, as a company, that it's been a huge undertaking to make sure that as an industry, we're rolling out stop vehicle detection across national highways and across the strategic road network in a timely manner to meet the stock take commitments. Obviously, there's still more to be done and actually making sure that we're really serving the needs of the road users is something that Nick Harris touched upon. But as a company, we know that we're very proud of what we've been putting out on the roads in terms of what it's doing to make them safer. What else can you do with the data that you're getting from the radar? Because I'm thinking that just just belittles it but stop vehicle detection is one thing but there must be so much more that you can use and so many more potential customers and partners than working uh, with highway with than working with national highways alone absolutely so we're in a lovely position where our rotating radar gives a fulfilled coverage of the road so we see or with radio waves detect 
everything that's happening on the road and that means that we can understand vehicle type vehicle location um speed and time through a section as well as like you say just stop vehicle detection or instant detection but not only that we're really in a position where we want to be looking at taking not just the feature set that we have um and supplying that to our customers but looking at how do we take that and integrate it with other technologies whether it's connected vehicles and floating car day so whether it's with some of the most advanced video analytics or even with some of the LiDAR manufacturers to be able to make sure that we really are providing the most accurate solution for safety and for understanding of our roads. We know that no one technology is going to make our roads the safest place to be, but we do think that we can be the foundation that then other systems integrate with and that's something that we're looking towards. And so how's the collaboration with other areas of uh, the industry going and what sort of concrete projects can you point towards? That's a really nice segue actually into uh, we're in a position where our temporary traffic management projects have really been gaining traction and this is applying a similar understanding so apply or a similar technique where we're looking at stranded vehicle detection in roadworks where cars might not have anywhere to get out of a live lane um, but looking at it in a much more complex environment and as we say because it's temporary traffic management it's for a much shorter time period and we've been working uh, with WJ Group and with Sunstone in terms of getting that in place as well as with mobile VMS and Vermac for then actually displaying the stranded vehicle signs because we know that we've got the detection capabilities, but we're not experts in temporary traffic management. And it's something that's been really exciting to have our first two projects on the M45 and the A46 go live and be really successful. And we're looking forward to uh, getting a few more um, schemes up and running. Fantastic stuff and very clever stuff that's all on show here at uh, Highways UK on the Navtech radar stand. And uh, Seb, as always, thanks for your support and uh, great to see you. Thank you very much, Paul. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. I'm here with uh, Manish Jodhawar from Causeway Technologies. Manish, um, you've been talking to visitors to Highways UK today about the merging of the Yotta business with, with your, your existing business. So tell us how that's been received. So yeah, it's come across really well. I mean, so I've been part of the, the original Yotta business that's now been um, uh, acquired by Causeway. And really the, the story there has uh, been very well accepted by by the asset owners and the contractors because it's really about bringing these two areas, these two different organizational types together, uh, utilizing kind of our, our product suite. So one of the reasons for you purchasing Yotta as a business was about using that platform to help your existing and future customers be- become more effective and more efficient. Tell us, tell us, tell us a story about how that kind of fits together. So historically with Yotta, it's always been about looking how we can um, take data and processes and be able to deliver something really clean and efficient for our asset owner customers. But one of the things that's become really apparent as part of the Causeway acquisition of Yotta is that there's another kind of um, avenue, a kind of a third aspect to this, which is really about organizations and how organizational splits across utilizing these products really has an impact on exactly what um, what you're delivering. So who's accessing what type of data? How are they making the the most use of it? And so Causeway's um, mission has always been around delivering efficiencies from the contractor space through construction um, and all the way through from design through to construction. 
And so from, for, when you bring those two together, it's, it's really allowing us to be able to bridge that gap between asset owners and contractors and deliver a single seamless journey for, for our customers. So one of the challenges in the highway sector specifically is um, you know, turning that data into quick decisions uh, in, in an efficient way. Um, so, so talk to me about how, how, you, how you do that as a business. So that, that can be a challenge, especially when you've got the data residing in disparate systems. And often in terms of being able to make the right decisions, you need to be able to bring that data together. So one of the, the aspects that we're working on um, within Causeway is about uh, kind of connecting that data together in a, a what is it called, the, the golden thread of data, as it were, um, and being able to then draw on that golden thread of data to be able to help then um, deliver those decision-making um, analytics that you need. And, and lots of technology has come into the kind of asset management space for highways over the last couple of years. Um, how, how do you see the future for that? So it's certainly evolved. Like when you look at a lot of the migration of the what's typically been desktop applications moving onto the cloud, there's now availability of a lot of shared data resources that are now available. So it could be anything from what we've called data warehousing previously, where you can have relational data um, stored and, and collected for transactional history for um, any of the applications you're using, all the way through to data lakes where you can do more of the analytics. And so one of the journeys we're seeing is that, um, that uh, customers are moving to be able to utilize these services or a mixture of the two lake houses as they're called to be able to then draw on that and be able to deliver the analytics that they need and that's, that's one of the, the journeys that the customers are going on. Okay, Manish, thank you for your time. Brilliant, thanks very much. So more from Adrian in a moment here on Highways Voices. Uh, just a reminder that Highways News is the only place you need to go for everything you need to know when it comes to highways and transport news. We have our website updated daily. We're on Twitter and LinkedIn. And don't forget to sign up for our daily email, which comes into your inbox every lunchtime with the latest news stories. You sign up at highways-news.com slash subscribe. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. If you look on the Highways News website this week, you'll see a link to a video that was produced by the Transport Technology Forum Spatula Working Group. Now, spatula is to do with anything with connected vehicles. It's a really interesting sort of five-minute piece, brilliantly narrated, by the way, I hope you notice. Um, and on it, you'll see a range of... Uh, solutions that are here and now or certainly very close to market using connectivity. So I've bumped into Andy Graham who's the man who leads the spatula working group for the TTF and knows more about connected vehicles than any other human I've ever met. Um, Andy, tell me about what's on the video and why people should watch it. Well, many of you have seen a whole load of PowerPoints over the years and concepts about what can be done in vehicle signing and in vehicle systems and services. And we went to UTAC in uh, Bedfordshire, which used to be called Millbrook. We put a whole load of these services together in existing vehicles. We tied them up with SatNav and to show what drivers can expect in a very short future if we can align road operators and service providers. We had a whole host of SMEs and companies as large as Vodafone all showing how to get better stuff into vehicles. We used a test track because we couldn't get things like fire engines to warn of that uh, would be on a normal road. And we also used a test track because we could get buses full of people showing them around as we went around. 
I mean, it's terrific because I, I just think about the untouched by human hand into vehicles, uh, fixed road signs, variable message signs, all going into vehicles. Um, and it's just the fact that we've got the kit in the vehicle or we've got a thing like I'm using now called a mobile phone that's got a screen on it. There are things that we can do that avoid a lot of infrastructure costs but also make the roads more efficient and safer. Yeah, absolutely. So everything that we did was using cell phones that were typically connected to the head unit and many of you have got in your car, even if 10-year-old. What we were showing were things like Glossa, which is green light signal device, which National Highways has showed saves up to 13% of fuel and hence emissions and money if you're Mr Stobart, but also a wide range of services that could, for example, uh, warn of uh, accidents with uh, identified by eCall that you know I go on about, but also things like just simple things like road signs that have chips in them that identify when they're put up at the side of the road so that you know the roadworks is there. And people say, oh, why don't you have an app so that somebody who's put the roadworks up identifies it's there? Well, anyone who's worked on roads at three o'clock in the morning in the pouring down rain knows that the last thing you want to do is to be far arsing around with an app, putting information in. You want to be putting the kit out there. And when you're stopped away, you want to get home and have brekkie. So the idea of untouched by human hand is a really practical way of getting information right from the roadside. I want to pick up on what you mentioned about eCall because I talked to your business partner, Danny Woolard, when we were together at the ITS World Congress in Los Angeles about Vsos, your startup company, that's doing some really fantastic things because we've got eCall in the car, but when my wife picked up her brand new car, the salesperson in the mini dealership went, oh, and that's the eCall button, don't press it. So people aren't maximising the use of this really fantastic piece of kit that is sitting in their car that makes them safer but also gives vital information to the emergency services. Yeah, so we're getting about 10 airbag activated equals a day in the UK. So that's somebody who's had a collision, their airbags have gone off, they ain't going anywhere because their airbags are right in front of them and we have data about where those vehicles are and what type of vehicle is that could be used to the emergency services. So we're working with fire brigades and police in order to make sure they maximise the use. And the next challenge is really to get road operators to use that for things like setting signs and signals, but also as a historic data source. And I was talking to VVB, the tunnel people earlier, and we were talking about the ferocity of electric vehicle fires. So if an electric vehicle catches fire, it's going to be burning for ages. The emergency services need that, and eCall can tell them. Yeah, well, the, uh, the big red thing when it leaves the fire station, if it knows it's an electric vehicle, it will bring a lot of extra stuff with it to deal with the fact that there's a potential electric vehicle fire. Let's be clear, it's not necessarily the electric vehicle catches fire because its batteries do, like you may have seen on the videos. It's because something else has hit it, like a 10-ton truck. But you still need to be able to um, deal with the problem of an electric vehicle. Andy, we can talk forever and frequently we do. Uh, for now, thanks for explaining that. Don't forget, go to the Highways News website. You'll see the video uh, that Andy produced uh, from the UTAC uh, Proving Ground in Millbrook in Bedfordshire for the uh, Spatula Working Group of the TTF. And I'll put a link on it in the blurb here on the Highways Voices podcast. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So I mentioned VVB in that chat with Andy. 
yeah, I haven't managed to squeeze that interview into today's Highways Voices, but I will in a future one for you. You are listening to Highways Voices thanks to the sponsorship of Reflow, Causeway Technologies, Swarco, Kia Highways and Navtech Radar. And uh, we're very grateful to their support. You'll hear from those companies across the two days of the event here at the NEC. Can I mark your card for the keynote session on day two of the event? That's uh, Thursday morning, featuring big names, including Stephen Elderkin of National Highways, Costain's Kim Yates and Lara Young and Ramin Masumi of Arcadis talking about the race to decarbonise roads and there'll be a panel discussion about planning, predicting and prioritising safety across the road network with Neil Gregg from the Institute of Advanced Motorists, FM Conway's Dave Conway, Mike Wilson of National Highways and Susie Charman from the Road Safety Foundation and I'd really like you to come along to that session because I'll be chairing it so it'll be great to see as many people there as possible to hear from those eight high-profile names plus another panel session with TRL's Paul Campion. Do join us Thursday morning in the keynote theatre in the NEC. I'm here on stand D10 with Reflow, one of the sponsors of our series of podcasts here at Highways UK. Ashley, how's it going so far? Oh, it's been absolutely fantastic. It's been really busy and we've just seen tons of our current clients but also a lot of new uh, potentials as well. So one of the challenges here for any visitors, whether they might be a local authority or a contractor, is to constantly become more efficient and more effective. And uh, this means working towards things like paperless solutions. So the Reflow system is built for exactly that. So, so tell us about it. With Reflow, we go beyond just being a paperless solution. We don't want people going into our system just thinking they're replacing paper. These new efficiencies are driven by these new features that we've implemented features around fatigue tracking so essentially um, what our system is able to do is highlight quickly through a messaging system and an alert system when people are drawing on hours that are beyond their fatigue level and other elements such as the scheduling that we've got we've revised that now we've now implemented um, resource allocation and what this means is this means when people are scheduling their resources out they know exactly where the gaps are where they can fulfill the resource so they're not just hunting around looking for planning planning in areas or days where there's already resource allocated that they don't have stock of other elements around this is also through our notification and messaging system so this means that on any of the form dates that they're filling out whether it's a risk assessment to a near miss if there's something that's allocated specifically on that form such as a defect is being notified or an issue that's been raised through the form filling process that can trigger all sorts of processes that don't require people ringing around or communicating through phone if you didn't have a system like ours you wouldn't have been able to get uh, a full audit trail of that process whereas now every single step there's uh, a marker for that within our system and that's usually done through our forms that we have and each of these forms will provide a metric because you're capturing that data every time you're you're completing that form and submitting it and then those metrics can be compared uh, month on month year on year and before um, many of our clients didn't have any of these processes in place we basically fill in all the gaps all the communication gaps all the safety gaps that were there before without a digital system in place like ours 
Okay, Ashley, uh, have a good rest of the show and thank you for appearing on Highways Voices. You're listening to Highways Voices, sponsored by Reflow, Kia Highways, Causeway Technologies, Navtech Radar and Swarco. Now back to Adrian somewhere on the exhibition floor. So I'm here in the startup area of Highways UK. It gives young and emerging businesses the chance to connect with visitors. Um, I'm here with Glenn Brower from Inspect. Um, Glenn, tell us about tell us about what you're talking to visitors about today. Well, I'm showing them what what technology can do in combination with skilled expertise. We call it INSPEG, the human inspector combined with technology. And what we have done is we have created a digital inspector for doing automated road inspection. And basically, we are addressing two challenges. One is to create the awareness of what is the condition of the road network in a dynamical digital twin and secondly determine the optimal point of intervention for maintenance so um, you're, you're, you're really taking the data and turning that in dis- into decisions for those people in charge of road maintenance and obviously their contractors um, but you're not removing the human element are you that the road sa- the role of the road safety inspector is still very important absolutely so what we do is we saw that there is a scarcity of skilled labor especially in road inspections and road engineers so what we have done is try to see how can we accelerate their business and make it easier. So the bulk repetitive work, looking at visuals, um, when you record or capture data of a road uh, of 100 kilometers, the road inspector stops the video every five meters to look for anomalies or the road distresses. It takes them six weeks to analyze 100 kilometers of roads and then another three months to convert it into a, a report for the local regulation. This repetitive work, we can obviously automate with AI. And that's what we basically have uh, embedded in our digital inspector. So once the scanning's been done and the report's been produced through your system, um, road managers can then prioritize the works in order of you know, priority? Yeah, so first the road, road inspectors have educated the system. So this is a solution for road inspectors, trained by road inspectors, right? So when they get the insights, they can supervise it before they give it to the end client. So our business model is business for business. We work with civil engineering companies and road managers, and they validate the outcome of the, uh, of the, of the digital inspector. And then when they are happy with it and validated it, certified it, they push the button publish, and then they can do the business to governance last mile and produce it to or publish it to the end client, which could be a municipality, it could be an airport, or it could be a highway company. So we're, we're halfway through day one at Highways UK. Well, how have people been, uh, been receiving what, what you've been talking about? Yeah, we got very good response. I mean, this is the first time we are here at Highways UK. We haven't been to the UK at all with our solution yet. And they are um, giving very positive feedback on the dynamical digital twin concept, but also on our just released uh, lifecycle asset management module. So combining the optimal, the insights for the optimal point of intervention for maintenance. 
So okay. it's very encouraging. Okay, and, and you're in the startup area. What do you think about it? Well, I like it. I mean, I like the startup area, but to be honest, next year we will be here with a booth. So that will do it for today's Highways Voices from here at the NEC. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks again to our sponsors who have made our podcast possible this week at Highways UK. That's Swaco, Kia Highways, Navtech Radar, Reflow and Causeway Technologies. Don't forget the VIP session tomorrow morning, the keynote session, uh, which I'll be chairing. And I'll join you again for another Highways Voices podcast tomorrow evening from day two here at Highways UK. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 